So y'all probably know how much I love Jenny Nash's blueprint books. They really are the closest thing I've found to a guide for getting through draft after draft. I start with them and I go back to them when I'm stuck. Her blueprints keep me on track and help me write the book I set out to write for the readers I hope to reach. For memoirists, I have fantastic news. Her newest blueprint, Blueprint for a Memoir, How to Write a Memoir for the Marketplace, is coming August 1st, 2023. So if you're listening to this in real time, there is a fantastic event available only to those who pre-order, a live or recorded if you want to wait, deep dive into the four key steps of memoir writing with a chance for Jenny Nash to select you for a live hot seat coaching session to review your work and an entry to win her grand prize, a written review of your blueprint and an exclusive 50-minute strategy session with Jenny. I think this blueprint is Jenny's best yet with insights into storytelling that I'll be using in all of my work. So find all the details for the book and the pre-order event at bookcoaches.com backslash podcast. And of course, as always, link in the show notes. Hey, I'm KJ Delantonia, and this is the Hashtag Am Writing Podcast, the weekly podcast about writing all the things, short things, long things, pitches, proposals. This is the podcast about finding a way to get that work done. Today's episode is the third in our 2023 Summer Idea Factory series. Jenny Nash is back, and this time she and I are talking about the process of testing out an idea, talking through it, and spending enough time with it to figure out if it will sustain you through an entire book, and if you want it to. I hope you enjoy it. All right, so this is you, Jenny, will be the first person to hear any details of my four book ideas. So my goal for uh, this month was to come up with four book ideas that were not the cat that just jumped. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so. Well, before you say anything else, I just want to say Thank you for letting me be in that position of trust to hear your fragile ideas. It is not something I ever take lightly with any writer because it is some hard stuff to put your ideas out in the world beyond your own head. (laughs) It is. So I'm going to be delicate about them in some ways because I don't want to break them. Sometimes (laughs) when you talk about an idea before you are ready, you know, you can, you can, bust some of the details of it. But I've got I've got these four um, nailed down. So that was my goal was an idea a week. And they're all ideas that came from in some way, that airport game plus the thing that interested me. So first, I went into the airport game and some other places to pick like what I was going to work on. And what's funny is that one of the things I thought I was going to work on was something that I had just sort of more recently come up with. Um, and it hadn't been noodling around in my head for weeks and weeks and weeks. And that one didn't work. Like I spent three days on it and I just, I just couldn't, I didn't, it wasn't interesting me enough. I couldn't quite figure out what it was. I kept having to play with it and change it. So all four of these ideas, their genesis is in the airport game. And it was in a game of the airport game that I played six months ago. Mm-hmm. And they also all have something in them that's been like in my head 
or in my like sort of idea well in some way, shape or form for a pretty long time. So they've been stewing. That's what I'm that's what I'm trying to say. So you had six ideas that emerged in the airport game and four made it to what we'll call fruition of some persuasion. I think three made it to this. And then a fourth one was something that I, yeah, no, one of them did not come from that. One of them came from other stuff that I've been thinking about for a while. So it just wasn't in the airport game. So three are from the airport game. Um, and one of them just was other things really sort of forcing themselves into, into my consciousness. And the fun thing about this, so I want to talk about a couple things, but one fun thing about this is that every one of these ideas during the week I was doing it, I was like, oh, this is it. This is it. <laughs> and I wanted to just stop. And I hadn't sort of made the rule that I was going to make four and also promised a variety of people that there would be four. I would have probably stopped and winged it. And I don't want to do that because I've done that before. I've never really had the opportunity to be strategic about what book choice I write next. Um, the Chicken Sisters I've been working on for years. And, you know, it came from the genesis of an idea and I, I reshaped it many, 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 many times. And then in her boots, I kind of did, I kind of grabbed the first thing and ran with it in part because I was so determined to have something finished before Chicken Sisters came out mm -hmm. um, because I did not want the fate of my next book to hang on the fate of the Chicken Sisters. And I also didn't want to be frozen by the fate of this, the Chicken Sisters. So I really just wanted to keep going. You wanted um, momentum. I wanted momentum, right. So I, this is my first time really sitting down and being like, okay, what do I want to do next? What would be the best thing to do next? Like what, what, what's strategically a good plan? And also what do I want to do? So I'm having fun going about it that way. Okay. So I keep hearing you use the word strategic. Can we talk about that word? What does that mean to you? Well, first of all, I've done the Clif Clifton Strengths, and that is my number one thing is being strategic. But in this case, what it really means is, okay, so I've got three books. The Chicken Sisters was a, a hit, and it was a hit, oh, you know, but, well, obviously it was a hit because Reese Witherspoon picked it, but why did Reese Witherspoon pick it? Um, I don't know, but it's, you know, it's multi-POVs, it's a small town story, it's um, got a lot of heart, it's definitely a feel-good. I don't want to leave those things behind. Um, In Her Boots, people love. It's not been the hit that the Chicken Sisters has been, but a lot of people say they like it even better. So, and it also has a lot of heart, small town, intricate family relationships, pretty complex. You know, it's, it's much, it's, um, it's a light story, but with a lot of depth to it, if I do say so myself. And a and then sweet we've got, farm setting. And a sweet farm setting, right? <laughs> They've both got great settings. Um, and then the witch that uh, my witch book also has a great setting and you know, it's got, it's kind of all of those things plus witches. I was going to say it's small town. It's intricate family. It's, mm -hmm. um, it's got, it has a lot of things that are similar, but a totally different genre and direction. Do you want to talk about why you made that move? 
I just, that was a, that was for me. Like yeah. I really wanted to do that. I really, I love magical realism that leans all the way. Like I've actually discovered I, I'm not a, that crazy about magical realism that never names itself. Mm. So this almost, I don't even know if you call this magical realism, except that it's set in the real, what I like is magic set in the real world. I think right. that's a better way to put it. Um, I also like fantasy, but I don't, I haven't, maybe someday, but right now I'm not. I didn't, that isn't what I wanted. What I wanted was a story of magic powers in in the real world. And I wanted it to be like hereditary and family and, um, you know, stuff you can't control. And I really wanted to explore. And the thing it does explore is this question of what you can and can't control in life. And witchcraft is a really fun way to do that because you can control tons of things. But you still can't control the things you want to control, like, say, your child. Um, uh, or if you can, you don't really want to. You just think you want to. So I, yeah, I love this book. I hope it's going to do really well. And so why at this moment, so when when we are speaking, this book has not come out yet. And we you don't know how it will be received. It's all nope. a big question mark. But... We know you want to have more mo- momentum in your career and keep writing, keep doing the things, and you're being strategic. So why not? I, I just happen to know the witch card very well. There's so many great characters, so many great stories you could you could attach to that book, meaning there could be a prequel, there could be a sequel, there could be other character, there could be a series, there could be this, that. Why not put those on the list? So that is a really good question because so many of the books that I align playing the witch card next to, like the Lana, Lana Harper Thistle, Witches of Thistle Grove series, um, Rachel Hawkins writing as Erin uh, Sterling, she has a, a wonderful series. All Again, it's a single witchy town with a lot of things that go on. Um, there's a couple writers named Hazel. Uh, they've, they've come together under the name Hazel Buck Beck. They, you know, last year they had one, the next one's clearly on its way. That's a thing. Like to be like, here is my witchy series. Every Halloween, you're going to get a new witchy book. And A, nobody asked me to do that. So I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why they get to do that. And I don't get to do that. Um, But I didn't pitch that either. uh, In part, because I've occasionally seen instances of that where the first one doesn't take off and then either the second one just gets published and sits sort of dies on the vine, but you're stuck writing it. Or maybe you don't sell this, or maybe people don't want to write the second one. I know a lot, a lot of things can go wrong within that. So there's that. Um, and so I never, I didn't go into this saying this is a series, although yeah, I can see, you know, did I leave series potential in there? Absolutely. There's definitely different places that I could go. Um, I think, I want to see how it goes. I don't really want to go back in there unless readers are going with me, if that makes any sense. So how do you, I want to just dig into that a little minute, because all the things we're talking about here, this whole series about how do you choose the idea? It's not where the idea comes from. It's how do you choose the idea? And and you, there's a lot I hear both sides, all sides of, the thing I want to write, the thing that's in my heart, the thing that's pulling me, the thing that's noodling in my mind and nagging at me, those are all 
you-centered, writer-centered. Mm -hmm. And then there's what's going to work in the marketplace. What are what's out there working? What are the airport books? What's working right now? What's what's long long having longevity? And those questions. And then what you just said, will the readers come with me on more witchy things? We don't know yet. You don't know yet. So, but that balance between, you know, your, your strategicness is, is showing because it's that balance between you've got to have both the, the, the thing I want to write and the thing that's going to work. And you, you can't control the thing that's going to work. You can right. try but but you don't have control. So it sounds like that's where you are with the witch card. You don't know. I don't know. Um, I also, I, it's really important to me to do things that are, are going to be significant. I don't like to do, I don't like, I don't want to write books people aren't going to read. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't. And, mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I am not going to write a book just to write a book like one of, so the let me let's just tackle the idea that I told you I had sitting around for three days that that um that it didn't I make didn't it follow up on okay yeah so that was going to be a rom-com that had a either a it had a game at, at its heart and I won't get I'm, I might come back to it but basically I explore I poked at that and I was like well it could center around poker and uh, I don't really want to do that much poker. I envisioned myself like having to write about poker game. I don't know. I like to play poker, but not that much. Okay, it could be about backgammon. I do like playing backgammon. The, the, these there are reasons that that it was there was a list of games that that would only apply here. And I didn't want to do chess because chess is the queen's gambit, and that's been done. Um, and I don't know. I just didn't want to spend a year messing with backgammon. Maybe I will. Um, but I just didn't and nothing that I could come. I'm not, I don't, I like to play games a little, but not enough to, not enough to, to do that basically. So, but I kind of, so I'm not going to spend, you know, this is, it's going to take me a year, a year and a half right, to write whatever this is. I need to want to be with these people and in this place for that long. And if it were really in me, like if I had some, which card sequel that I just desperately wanted to do? Um, I I wouldn't I wouldn't put that aside just because I was afraid people wouldn't buy it. Mm-hmm. But I kind of didn't let my you know it's probably true that I just didn't let myself go there mm. because I don't want to go there yet. So I really put that to the side of so of, what, of doing this. What I love about what you're revealing is that there. Are, a lot of books that you might enjoy writing. There's a lot of books that you could love. That that there that's, are. That's what you're really picking from, and and I think this idea is really important because I often see writers get very precious about their idea. It's this is my idea, and um, well, I mean the way it manifests itself as a book coach is is people think you're going to steal their idea, which which yeah. is hilarious because of what we're talking about. Like what? It, no. Well, it, <laughs> and we could, you know, you could you could. I mean, go go write a book about backgammon. It's not going to be the book <laughs> I was going to write, even though right. I didn't tell you. And the only reason I didn't expand on it is because I don't want to spend the time on it. You know, I could write a book about uh, two writers in adjoining houses trying to um, write each other's books and that wouldn't be great because that's beach read um, and I wouldn't but I could and it wouldn't be anything like if if she and I 
had both set out down that path at the same moment, they would be totally different books. Like, yeah. There's no, I mean, you know, I, I am going to talk about some ideas here and I mean, fine, write your own version of that. It's not going to come out the same. Like it's just, it's just not. I just have to do a short digression on this point. I just finished reading. I think you read this book. I think, I think I saw it. Um, the Bright Hour by Nina Riggs. Did you read Mm-mm. that one? It's a mem- It's a memoir. It's a devastatingly sad book. Uh, she's cr- chronicling her own death, and she dies of cancer, and she has two young children. Yeah, I won't be reading that. You won't be reading it. But no. what fascinated me about about it is it's exactly the same story and book and situation and setup as When Breath Becomes Error by Paul Kalanithi, which was hugely popular. And while I was reading Nina Riggs' book, I was thinking it just was so present in my mind did she read his book? Did she know about his book? How did she think she could write this book? You know, it's the same story. And and then there was a moment in the book in which she mentions his mm-hmm. book. And of course she's read his book. She's read all the books, right? Right. And um, I just loved so much that that was her impulse to write her story, the same story. And she knew the other existed, but she's still doing it. And guess what? Lo and behold, a totally different story with totally different everything. Of course it is. I read both. I love both. I, unlike you, I will read all of those books. And so <laughs> I will read none of those. Right. Books. Right. So bring on the other one like that. And so it's that fine line between, is there room in the world for another book like that? Of course there is. And, and that's, yeah, that there's always, a, and what frees me up in this space, whenever I get caught up in well but can I do that so and so already did it is the book Tokyo Ever After I didn't read that it's a YA book it was a Reese's pick it's really great I enjoyed it enormously it is the princess diaries set in Tokyo amazing absolutely 100% the whole thing like that's what it is and it did great people loved it Meg Cabot did not go after um the, the author with a shift <laughs> just it, it's fine right it's there's room for more than one right girl suddenly discovers she's the daughter of a prince and has to go join the royal court right um i will read all of those books similar to you wanting to read all of the <laughs> all the people, people. die i yeah. love all the great we're books. so much alike except in that but in, in that way and well i was just so i'm just reading the startup right wife and I'm only partway through it. I don't know how I'm going to feel about it, but it's got so much of the same sort of ring and tone as Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, um, which actually I think The Startup Wife came out first. Mm. They were probably written a vaguely the same time. And they're not the same story, but they've got a lot of the same stuff going on. But the thing is, if you liked one, you probably like the other. That's how people who read are. Right. Right. So, so That's you're looking... That's the great thing about being an author, right? Nobody right. is like, oh... No, actually, I already read one romance. I don't need to read another one. Right. (laughs) So you're looking for that place where what you love intersects with what's strategically smart for you to do in your career Mm -hmm. and what the marketplace might respond to. So tell us your ideas. Let's hear them. Okay. All right. So I got four things here. And broadly speaking, I have one. I said no, I wasn't going to. One is witchy. It's just not... It's just not that kind of, it's not set in the same world. Um, it has a different kind of witchcraft. It's more, um, 
Oh, uh, this one, you know what? Two of these ideas are from me playing the, the game, and two of them are just things that have been stuck in my head for a while. And this is one that's been stuck in my head for a while. So basically, it's um, a magic thing happens with a book and a library. It's very, it's, give, it's giving serious Deborah Harkness. Um, and it's, yeah, so this would be like, big fantasy it would mm-hmm. be a little less it would be a little less it would be bigger than playing the witch card it so would, you mean like high fantasy like we're immersed in the world it still takes place in the in our world but there'd be more magic more people more locations it wouldn't have that small town vibe it would be more um more moving around more moving around in time it would probably have two points of view. So um, think, think the um, it's a little vial on the cover. Sarah Penner, Penner apothecary. Think <laughs> the apothecary. <laughs> I sorry, love that sorry. moment. So think, think that kind of thing where it goes back and forth in time, mm-hmm. um, but it would still have the uh, family relationships that people like about me. Um, it would still have, but it would be. I guess, I guess with all of these. I'm trying to do something different that is still the same, that still has what people, so people who've read me will come along and like it, but it'll, it'll have, I would like to level up a little bit, right? That sounds like I was going to say a more, a more ambitious structure. It would be a little more ambitious structurally um, and a little more ambitious in terms of, um, yeah, so this is probably... So, so, yeah, so that's one of them. It sounds great. Sounds great. Right. Uh, and then we go to, now I have two different commercial fiction that might or might not cross uh, gen- gender reader barriers. Dun, dun, dun. Um, the first, <coughs> think more J. Ryan Straddle. Think um, the storied life of A.J. Fickrey. Mm. Multi-POV, small town, um, it reminds me of another book that hasn't come out yet. It reminds me a little, it would have a little bit of, oh. Is it bookish? Bookish? Like oh, the, does it have, the, no, no. The story would, life of A.J. Shirky's book No, book-ish. but it, it, the thing it would have in common with that is multiple points of view mm-hmm. in the same town around some of the same action. The story life of A.J. Frickery is not a great comp. J. Ryan Straddle is a good comp, um, uh, I had a, I had a couple of others, but I've I've forgotten what they are. But think uh, small town again, but more multiple points of view around things that are happening and multiple, um, yeah, multiple like and a little bit of not a mystery, but like it's a mystery to the town. Mm-hmm. And it's a little mm-hmm. bit of a mystery to the reader. So this one, um, I, I can tell you a little bit more about this one because I can't imagine anyone. It's just it's just a little bonkers and and telling it kind of so it's a um, a very hockey focused small town and all of a sudden um, for reasons that are in fact connected to hockey in the end uh, Jesus statues start disappearing <laughs> <laughs> and that sounds like oh my god I can totally hear my agent or my editor saying carrot you know we're not touching Jesus no no Jesus but it's funny and they're not disappearing for reasons of like like they're not disappearing for 
for religious reasons. And they're actually all, they all disappear for different unrelated reasons. But because of uh, a thing that's happening in the hockey rink in which people are trying to stop playing a particular artist's work during games, people think it's all related and everyone gets kind of all caught up in this small town list serve uh, mystery of like, you know, you don't want me to be like this and, 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 you know, like, so it's, it would have the vibe of, um, political differences without ever having, I'm not, I'm not writing about people with real, <laughs> we're not touching actual presidential elections ever. I just don't want to. Like, I don't even want to go there. But this would have that, like, pe everyone would assume that people were doing things for um, political-esque reasons when right. really no one is. Like, no one, no one here is acting, and everyone would sort of need to come around and understand. This, this would be a whole town full of people who need to start thinking the best of each other instead of the worst. So I really, I really like that one. And that one's got... Do you have um, working titles attached to these? That one's working title is the best offense. The best I offense. I do. Okay. The other one's working title, let me see, what was the, um, what was the library books working title? I do have working titles. The working titles are the easiest thing to share because they will undoubtedly change. All right. I was I was thinking of it as the the big witch the big witch story <laughs> when you were telling it to me, but um, I just so we can talk about these. So we got the best offense, and we okay, have okay the first one the big oh that one's called a spell for enough, the the first one. Okay, a spell for enough, All right, and then the second one is the best offense. Okay, and then and then are those the two? And like I've written what I've done is I've written like I have a little back of the book blurb mm -hmm. for these. And some stuff, and a little bit of synopsis, and um, and are these the two from the airport game, or or no? Uh, no, both of those are the non-airport game ones. Okay, so then the next two are the airport. The game. next two are the airport game ones. So the next one is called the Ethicists. Nice. The comp here is tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow in a big way. So the workplace I chose is a big city newspaper. I might be a little familiar with that. <laughs> Um, and I have two people in different uh, parts of it coming together to write an ethics column that is in various ways, like uh, basically big things happen around, um, they, they blow up somebody's life with their ethics column and that's all in the past, but now they have to come back together and one of them gets fired and the other one sticks around, but it doesn't go well. Um, and she's kind of the, the, the one who sticks around is kind of aging out of the, the paper and getting pushed out. And the other one has had actually a much more successful career, even though they got put, pushed out. Um, and they are, it is a man and a woman, but there's no real, I guess tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, right? There's no romance between them. They're both happily married in other ways. They're work, they're work spouses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and now the paper wants to bring the column back, but they own the name for excellent reasons. Fascinating. And then and she wants them to do something with it again and he for lots of personal reasons that have to do with the person whose life they destroyed by accident doesn't um and so there's that one i really wow, like these that are one. really different i know that's the thing they're all great and they're yeah they're they're really different so that i don't know that might be the front runner and then the last one is a rom-com it has a great catchy name that i'm actually not gonna throw out there okay um because so I'm we're going to call it the rom-com. We're going to call it the rom-com. 
and it has a hook that I'm not going to get into. That's fine. Okay, it so it is a legit idea that I, I wouldn't want to go anywhere else. Okay, so, so it's a rom com. It's a, and a it's... hooky rom com that takes place on Cape Cod during a wedding. Um, uh, big family, small family, rich family, not so rich family. Probably I, that's when. Remember, and when we were talking before, and I was like, "Oh, the Boston people in the New York." Yes, yes, yes. I forgot about that. They would play into that. So this is my. That one is my. Um, combination that's my emily henry mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. uh probably inevitable touches of ellen hildebrand so this is so fascinating okay so you have these these four ideas they're they're yeah and call that one you can call that cape cod rom-com cape cod rom-com so yeah. and i can tell i love part of the reason i love doing this while we're on video even if folks are listening on the podcast is i can see you and your energy and that's the thing that I do a lot is watch writers talk about their writing and I can see that you love all these ideas you love yes. them well and so I just did them in order yeah so the one that I was least energetic about is also the first one yeah <laughs> like I am excited about that idea I just I hadn't thought about it in a month in three weeks because that's the first one that I did so. yeah but I can I can see that and to me that's something I always I'll sometimes get writers describing books and they sound like they're describing the most doom and gloom thing. And it's, it's, they feel like they should, or they have to, or this is the book mm -hmm. I could write or, Oh, I, I, you know, it, sh it needs to be set in my profession or da, 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 whatever it is. And you can see their energy and you've got really up energy for all these books. And yeah, I would be, I could, I could get excited about all of them. Um, I think the fantasy is maybe my least excitement at the moment. Um, and it's also probably the least likely direction just because the safest thing to do, I'm just guessing. And my next job is to present these to my agent and talk them over with her. So the safest thing to do is to go back in the direction of the two successful books I've already had and save the witchy magical piece for, for later. Um, and that's probably... And also, I i mean, it was hard to write a magic system. You haven't lived until you've sat <laughs> down with my editor and probably any editor, and they have said, but why do they fly? <laughs> right. They just do. <laughs> or and you're like, well, I mean, they had this spell and they did. The, okay, fine. So the spell did what? But I thought you wrote. I thought the spell was only for like, until you've done instantly no one flies in my book, but um, like, until you've gone through that for two and a half hours of like, because it's cool, because it's magic, you know, and it's like, okay, fine, it's magic. But the magic has to be logical and consistent and there have to be rules. And if there aren't rules that you don't break, then you didn't write a really magic story. And I don't know that I, I just don't know that I have that in me again. So for the right now. So I'm almost, but I, I might, I might, I might. I, there's parts of that other thing I'm really excited about. So do you anyway. have the kind of relationship with your agent where she will say this one, let's go no. or, or it will be a conversation? It's going to be a conversation. I would guess she's going to be like, well, which one do you want to write? Right. I'm probably after saying what I just said about 
the more fantastical idea and probably um, with some criticism of the Jesus idea for exactly that idea, which reason, which it might in fact why be why I want to do it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty excited about all. I'm, I'm excited about all of these. Um, and so what happens so I don't know. if one emerges as a front runner what happens in your mind with the other three? Do they go back into the bank or the vault and get locked up for two years? Or do they, and then you see how they they feel in two years. Do they, do you forget about them? Like what happened? I don't know. I haven't done this before. I'm willing to bet that one of the things that will happen is that three months into the next project, I'm like, no, that would have been so much better. Yeah. But we'll be resisting that. Yeah. So, um, you know, that'll be a firm. I will keep, you know, they're in the same notebook I'll be working in because this is my working notebook. So I will probably have ideas about them and throw them onto the pages, you know, and keep them alive. So it wouldn't surprise me if one of them emerges as the front runner for what comes next. But it's also, I mean, what comes next is going to be a year and a half away. I might not be interested in any of them anymore. Right. Or right. I might have pulled elements out of them and like torn them up to use in the new book. That's possible. I don't know. I've never done this before. So that piece of it, I don't know. But I know that what comes next is a conversation with um, Karen, my agent, and then figuring out sort of what comes next in terms of my editorial life. Um, I do not owe any, I owe um, contractually, I owe a first look. That's all. I don't I don't have a two book contract or anything like that. So you're going to in a matter of days send these off to your agent. You'll have mm-hmm. a discussion with her and then it'll be interesting for your listeners to hear what comes next. Yep. We'll leave that cliffhanger right here. <laughs> That's what we'll do. Thanks for joining us for this summer idea factory episode. As always, you'll find all the relevant links in the show notes. And if you don't get those by email, you should, because every once in a while, we toss a bonus in there. Sign up at amwritingpodcast.com. And if I haven't already said so, let me send you out with the usual. This week, keep your butt in the chair and your head in the game. Hashtag AmWriting podcast is produced by Andrew Perella. Our intro music, aptly titled Unemployed Monday, was written and played by Max Cohen. Andrew and Max were paid for their time and their creative output because everyone deserves to be paid for their work. listeners, it's KJ here asking for a favor. Have you reviewed hashtag writing in your pod player yet? Would you? I know, you're driving or running or cooking or whatever you do while listening and we are there for that. But if you love us and could take a minute to hit that five-star button and toss in a comment, we'd appreciate it. Oh, and if you don't love us, carry on with what you're doing. In fact, we hear the review button isn't working right now. Don't check.